De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about best practices in ABM and the best kept secrets you need to know to supercharge your inbound SDR tech stack. Joining us today, again, is Don Otfos, who is the VP of RevOps at Lean Data, which provides modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. And today, Don and I are going to discuss best-in-class ABM tech stacks. Okay, here's my conversation with Don Otfos, the VP of RevOps at Lean Data. Don, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. I know it's been a stressful week for you, my friend. I really appreciate the time here. Everybody <laughs> right. should know that Don is completely <laughs> broke. He's bought a house. I'm a homeowner. He's a homeowner now, and if you have nickels and pennies to send his way, you should do that. <laughs> so, Don, let's talk a little bit about ABM. And so what I want to start out with is, what's the biggest mistake marketers make when it comes to tooling for ABM? What's that one thing? What's that bear trap they step in? You're like, oh, gosh, don't do that. I would think you have to work hand in hand with your sales team so that you can make sure that everything that you're tooling on the ABM side is going to pay off once the handoff happens to sales. And I think if you look at your tooling through that lens and you're working with someone on your SDR team, you know, maybe your SDR leader, so that you know that when, when you have these leads that start to convert from your programs that you're using on the ABM side, you're going to have that ROI for the lead as it starts to move through the top of the funnel. So the bear trap is tooling for marketing, but not thinking about your sales team and your SDR organization. Yeah, I think there's tools out there that are like marketing only, right? That you, you say to a salesperson, do you know what Bombora is, for example, right? Like marketing, everybody knows what Bombora is. Sales is like, what's Bombora, right? But if you think of other tools that span both marketing and sales, I think you can thoughtfully start to look at tooling an ABM execution in your organization that provides the ROI for that lead as it moves through your funnel. Okay. That's really great advice. And it's funny, Don, I was uh, recording a webinar earlier today and one of my opening recommendations was, hey, get on the same page with sales, get on the same page with services, get on the same page with CX. Like this is not a single threaded thing you're going to tackle. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about some of the different varieties of account-based marketing. And so not all ABM is created equal, right? So there's this idea of one-to-one, right? One-to-one is... I'm going to sell you something for a million dollars. Therefore, I'm willing to be very specialized in customers. By the way, it doesn't have to be a million, but that gives you an idea of the unit economics. The other is one to few. I think I can sell to several companies, half a million a pop. Again, the numbers are not necessarily the right numbers, but it's the idea that you can actually push a product through or services through that have quite a high value. And there's one to many, which is maybe the price point's a little bit lower. So then the question I have for you, Don, is, 
are there common technologies that typically work across all these different motion types, one-to-one, one-to-many, one-to-few? Yeah, I mean, I think there would be. I think, you know, like last time we talked about Sixth Sense, and I think I spoke to it a lot about how it applies on the sales side. And like at Lean Data, when we brought Sixth Sense in, it was really on the sales side because we didn't have the CMO, right? So it's like, I did all this stuff on the, on the sales side with Sixth Sense, and there was all this really cool things that it did on the marketing side, but it was nothing we really executed on. So, you know, I think that would be a good example of, of something where you have a tool that spans both marketing and sales. And I think when you start to really dig into some of the things that an intent tool like a Sixth Sense, like a demand base can provide, you're really able to hone in on a particular persona once you know an account has an intent, right? So it's like, if you're looking at like, I guess, you know, the, when we were talking about one-to-one, one-to-many, I was thinking of like, you know, you could sell them a phone book, right? Just hand a sales guy a phone book and they could just start dialing down because your, your product or service can be sold to anybody, right? Or if it's one-to-one, it's, it's much more specialized. And when I thought of there, I, I think of a, of a friend of mine I used to play hockey with whose family owns a company called Pioneer Bearing. They make bearings for power generation machines, right? They have, I think, five customers, right? That's all they could ever have. Siemens, GE, I think there's a couple others, right? And so every time I've come to him with like, hey, I'm working with this new company, you got to check out this cool technology that I have. And the Salesforce salmon, like my equivalent RevOps would, he'd look at me and just go, Don, we have five customers. I don't need your, your technology. We don't have to market. Like we know who are, we know exactly who we need to talk to. We take them to golf every Sunday. You know, it's like they have such tight relationships with everybody they need to have a relationship to. It's almost like they don't even need marketing, right? They're so specialized on that one-to-one level. Like their marketing needs are very small. So I think as you start to move from one-to-one to one-to-many, I think that's where you really want to give more thought about what types of platforms and technologies you're bringing on the ABM side. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I can't help but saying the following, this is a line from the movie Fletch, but it, it's all about ball bearings, Don. <laughs> it's all about ball bearings. Jeremy Bardet, if you're listening, you will appreciate that line. He will get it. <laughs> but I think that's a really important point to make, which is we're jumping right into the tech stack. And I'm talking about is one to many, one to few, you know, one to millions. But it's really recognizing your business before you head into it, right? And the possibilities for your business in terms of expansion. So if you are selling ball bearings and there's only four companies in the world that are going to be able to use your ball bearings, you're not unlikely to invest in a tech stack that's going to, or if you do invest in a tech stack that's going to get you to the fifth, you're probably mistaken. They don't need to know the intent, right? (laughs) They have four customers. They know, you know, I mean, they have those relationships. I think when you go more to -to one-to-one, it's a much more specialized approach, I think that specialized approach is really where that relationship, where those classic Rolodexes come into play, right? So when we think about best in class, and that's such an interesting term, right? So unless you've got a Gartner or a Forrester report in front of you, best in class is really in the eye of the beholder, ultimately. But Don, I'm going to give you a special classification. I'm going to say that you're experienced enough that we're going to call this, you're not Forrester, you're not Gartner, you're Otfos. Okay. All right, Otfos Consulting. Ready? Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to ask. Okay. So you have a magic quadrant. You've got your wave report. Okay? okay. So when somebody says to you, hey, I'm thinking about an ABM initiative, you're a RevOps guy. And immediately what falls into your head are products, tools, right? Sure. Process too. And process too. Don, I'm so sorry. Is, is there <laughs> an additional consulting fee for me misunderstanding oh, yeah. that? No, it's okay. This is a pro bono. 
That's a pro. Okay, thank you. All right. So what are those tools that immediately come to mind? The tools that you're like, yeah, you know what? I've had experience and these are really good tools. And I, we have lots of partners out there. So I understand we have to be very careful not to show a preference. Lean data works because of our partners. So I understand, Don, you got to count some of this stuff. But yeah, who kind of comes to mind for you as a representation of best in class? Yeah. I mean, what I love, again, you know, we talk about Sixth Sense. Like the one thing I love about them is they span that bridge between marketing and sales. It's really aided us to be able to be able to build a relationship on the marketing side so that when you look at that intent data, you know, well, number one, I mean, if you even go a step back, and I think one of the first things that they did that they helped us with, and again, there's other technologies that do this, but it's a really important step in the process. That's why I said process is understanding your ICP, right? Like one, if you don't have a good grasp on who your ICP is, your ABM process is probably going to not work very well. Before we looked at Sixth Sense, we kind of thought we had an idea of what our ICP was. You know, it's like, hey, you got to use Salesforce and you, you're probably somebody in RevOps and, you know, you're probably a SaaS company. You're probably B2B, right? That's kind of like the general thing that we came up with. But, you know, lo and behold, if you start leveraging a platform like a Sixth Sense and you start being able to really analyze you know, where have you had success as an organization, not necessarily closing sales, but actually just starting the genesis of an opportunity, right? So it's like, where have you had success in just getting your foot in the door, maybe not necessarily closing, and then work backwards from that to know, well, okay, not just things that, you know, you or I can find in looking at Zoom Info, like, where are they located? How many employees do they have? You know, all the, all the firmographic stuff, you know, what industry are they in? That kind of stuff is pretty general, pretty easy to find, but also the, the technographic stuff. Like what are the technologies? What is the common technology across all of companies that you have success getting your foot in the door with, right? So like maybe there's complementary technologies that you could identify and, and know, oh, okay, hey, if this company uses X, they're going to be much more likely to talk to me for some reason, right? You might, you may or may not know that reason. And so like, once we had that idea of what our ICP was, right, we, we had those strong fit, moderate fit, we know kind of where the fit was. You, you then can apply that stage of like, where are they in, in their journey, right? So like, obviously, like I, like I talked in the last episode, you know, we take everything that's in that late stage, you know, purchase decision, we give it to the sales guys, we have them go after it. We send it to the SDRs, they do their you know, active prospecting, they put them in their outreach sequences and they do everything that they're going to do and go after the right personas. But in the meantime, you do have these things that are these strong fit accounts that are just kind of really early in their journey of knowing even who you are, right? And that is where I think the opportunity lies for marketing, right? Because that's really where it's marketing's job to look at those companies and go, okay, what do we need to do for marketing programs to these companies to get them over the line so that they become a decision or purchase stage in their intent so that I can then know confidently that my, my sales team is going to you know, get a meeting at least when they start engaging. So that's really powerful stuff. If folks didn't catch some of the nuance that Don talked about, but one of the things he talked about was the fact that if you don't have a defined ICP, Quite often, Sixth Sense is a tool that'll help you define that ICP based on the data set that you give them. They can come back and tell you, hey, here's likely what your ICP is. Again, ICP standing for ideal customer profile. And that's a huge, huge step. And quite often, you know, Don, you were right to pull us back and talk about, hey, what's the process behind it? But quite often, companies will jump in without understanding what their ICP is. Right. The last thing you want to do is like jump in to buy this hot technology 
and then not have any thought of like of, of kind of the basics, right? And that's a reason why we're talking about Sixth Sense as a best-in-class tool ultimately is because it doesn't just do one thing. It's not just about intent data or helping companies process signals. It's really, at the end of the day, something that helps you define that market for you and then kind of measure and define and repeat and make sure that that ICP is even more and more specific and more narrow. So, Don, we certainly, I think, have identified a great best-in-class tool with Sixth Sense, but that's one piece of the puzzle. The other thing I want to think about is when you are in that one-to-many place, and a lot of organizations end up there in ABM, they start thinking about how can I manage all the different ad groups? And there's a lot of micro-targeting that goes on, by the way, with all that ad work happening out there. Are there tools that come to mind for you that do a really good job of helping manage that one-to-many digital ad footprint and help you kind of measure and manage that activity? Yeah, I mean, that, that's like where a demand base, would I think, is really useful, right? So you know, once you have that, the companies that you know are acting and have that intent, you really want to find the people next, right? And I think that's where really you start to, to do the micro-targeting of like ad placements on LinkedIn and, and Google and Facebook. And like, I get them all the time, right? I, I think I'm cookied everywhere. And it's like, man, I, I, I will Google one little thing and then I see that company all over the place, right? And I think when you look at something like a demand base, it's something that can manage knowing where you're spending the money on the ads and where you're getting the conversions on somebody that executes off of one of those ads. Yeah. And it's, uh, I would say that I think it's the name that comes out for a lot of folks too. Demand-based really, it feels like they've been around since the beginning of the whole account-based marketing revolution. Are there non-ABM tools, tools that you wouldn't necessarily put in the stack that you would say, good place to start? I'm just going to say it, Don, because we don't want this to be a show about lean data ever. But I will say that one of the things we talk about quite often is that lead data tends to be a really, really important tool. Let's just accept that that's really important, okay? So other than lead data, what are tools that end up being important that people don't think about necessarily being ABM tools? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the pieces that I have found that is usually a, a key piece that's helpful is doing the enrichment side, right? Because a lot of times, I think when these people convert, you want to have a low barrier to entry for someone filling out a form, right? I don't want to ask 15 questions about you, but I want to know the answers to those 15 questions, right? Where you're located, how many, how many people in your company, the kinds of things that I'm going to do those lean data triggers on, right? Because I'm going to do my routing on the lean data side based on where someone's located, how many employees they have. You know, I, I might have some really sophisticated rules in my lean data graph that I want to be able to make sure that that person gets routed to the right rep. And so... In order to do that, I may need to answer those 15 questions, but I just want to ask three because I want them to hit submit on the white paper that they just got sent to from their ad, right? And so I think that's where really enrichment tools like Clearbit, like Zoom Info, it does a really good job of enrichment. Cognizant. Cognizant is another one, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of good platforms that are out there that you can, you can engage with where you just give them an email. And they will tell you everything they know about that person. And everything they know about that person is what I would want from a revenue operations perspective so that I can send that person through, get them enriched. And then, you know, then again, kicks them off on that amazing buyer journey because now that I have them enriched, I can send it to the right rep and that right rep is going to engage with them with all of the background of knowing who that person is. And we never even had to ask them any of those questions. Great. So Don, that's a really good point. And I think that the other place I'd like to go to is that you know, this is a sea change for marketers. There's a really different approach. And, you know, I have to say that we drag along with us our inbound metrics quite often. Yeah. And so the measurement piece, I think maybe let's skip that for today. I think there's a really good conversation to be had about engagement metrics, right? How are we measuring engagement on an account level? 
but then that leads us down to like, how do you know what's working? Are there tools out there that kind of help you understand what's working that should be a part of that ABM stack? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think the thing that I think about that we've tackled that internally, right? At Lean Data, you know, one of the things we want to understand, I think that, you know, you, you when you joined kind of the path that we were going on from a, from the analytics side was where do we get the most value on on the campaigns that we have? And I think that speaks to, you know, we started off that project of understanding, okay, hey, how, how important is it that a salesperson or customer success person or whoever gets back in touch with a lead based on the campaign they come in on, right? So I, I think we talked about this before. We have the P1, the P2, the P3. But then the, I think the, the step that we've now taken beyond that is, okay, for, for those P1, P2, P3 programs, how are we tracking on our SLAs? Like how quickly do we get back to those people? And then how well are they converting, you know, once we get them into the system? And so, you know, whether they're a fresh prospect, already live in our database as a contact, and maybe they engage with us six months ago, you know, we, we have fresh programs that they engage with, look back and say, you know, what is, what is that marketing journey look like? What was the first touch? How many touches did we have until a certain thing happened? And I think when we looked at it, we said, okay, great. It's been a lead, been a lead, been a lead. Then it turned into a, a, an opportunity. That was kind of the key breaking point where we said, you know, we have great, we have, we have 15 different campaigns they engage with. And then, then the, what was the first one? Cause that's important. And then what was the campaign that caused them to turn into an opportunity for us to work and then measuring how well those opportunities have done with that campaign. And so it's not easy to do that. Right. <laughs> so like, it's like, you know, one of the challenges I think we've had, I mean, like Salesforce doesn't do it out of the box. Right. And so we've done a lot of leveraging our data warehouse working with our data scientists internally and trying to develop what what that journey looks like and how we measure that success. So that's attribution, really, Don. We're talking about attribution here, right? Which is, it's great. You can have every tool in the book, but at the end of the day, how are you measuring the results of your activities? And I almost feel like apologizing to Don because what he's referring to is me coming in and saying, guys, we need a pretty comprehensive attribution model. And I've sunk his teeth for several weeks (laughs) trying to get to that model. But that's a key point, which is either you're building it yourself. And again, full disclosure, Lean Data at one point had an attribution product in the marketplace. We really felt like we weren't doing a good job in that place. We felt like there were better products out there. And we thought, you know what, let's let those better products rule the marketplace because, you know, we're not doing it as well. But that still left us with a gap, which we still needed to actually form attribution. So the answer for us was self-build, lots of expertise and asked to get that done. So I think that's just to recap things for us. Don, what we've talked about is what are some of the best in class tools? We talked about Sixth Sense, completely agree. I swear to God, we've got to send this off to Sixth Sense and ask for money, Don, I'm pretty sure at some point, (laughs) right? The second that we talked about is, you know, make sure you understand if you're getting into that one-to-many motion, think about an ad services platform. We talked about demand base. It's certainly something that's out there in the market. A lot of people know about. And then we landed on understanding actually how do you measure success? We didn't get into who the attribution vendors are, shame on us, Don, but we also talked about how that's really, really important. Then I think the last piece we want to ultimately tackle here, Don, are metrics for measurement. We don't need to figure out how to do them, but what are some of those metrics for measurement when it comes to ABM success that you would have people think about out of the gate? Yeah. I mean, again, I'm putting my sales hat on, right? When when you say this, I love understanding if I have, let's say I have a set of accounts where I'm I'm saying, hey, we're going to take an ABM approach. What I want to know is how well are we penetrating from a marketing or sales perspective, the number of contacts at a given account, 
How well is a rep engaging with a particular account on the number of contacts that they're that they're prospecting into, right? Because if you if you look at it, you know the the whole theory behind account based is that you're applying a contextual message to different personas at a given account, right? So that that means you better be going after more than one, right? So I don't what I don't want to see is reps calling one person and going up, oh, you know, this isn't qualified, right? Like I want to know that they've had you know multiple engagements, multiple sequences and cadences out to different personas that have those different messages. That is like a metric that I love to look at. We look at it from perspective of email engagement and, and call engagement through those uh, cadences and, and sequences. That's really like the number one measure that I look at from a revenue operations perspective. It makes a ton of sense. And I think it's a good place to land the plane, Don. I really appreciate your coming back on the podcast. I, I hope I can encourage you to come back one more time. Then, Don, final question for you. Can I borrow some money? <laughs> I will take you to lunch. <laughs> oh, Don, I know you're broke right now, but I was really it's hoping for a, a loan. It'll be, it'll be a Wednesday. It'll be a Wednesday. <laughs> it'll be a Wednesday. Well, Don, uh, again, congratulations on the new home. And thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Don Otvos, VP of RevOps at Lean Data, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Don and I are going to talk about the counterbalance to ABM, high-velocity inbound tech stacks. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Don, you can find a link in his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Donio, or visit his company website at leandata.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of Rev Gen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. <laughs>